Come on, let me hear you lift up a shout of praise to the King of Kings all over this place. Let's clap our hands. Jesus, we magnify you. We magnify you. You know, uh, tonight's an encounter night, and uh, we are here to pray about a number of things together. How many people know that God answers prayer? That was a terrible response for a brilliant insight. How many people know God answers prayer? And uh, one of the most important ways to pray is not just at home on your own, although you should do that. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. So it's not a matter of when you're going to start praying. It's a matter of saying, hopefully you haven't stopped praying. Um, But corporate prayer, the prayer of the saints, when God's people get together, Jesus made this promise that when two or more of you gather in my name and you agree on something, I will do it. And so we are here tonight to agree together in the name of Jesus. Who can give me a good loud amen to that? Okay. Now, if you're new at this prayer stuff, then we're even more thrilled that you're with us. And the good thing about prayer is, prayer is not about how good you are or how well you pray. Prayer is about how good God is and how great God is when He moves in our lives. So all you and I have to do is stretch our faith together. And, uh, and, you know, listen, this is what I love, love about the kingdom of God. And I've seen it over the last 20 years following Jesus, over the last 15 years serving God in ministry, that um, Jesus was right, you know, faith is super powerful, super powerful. Jesus said, you only need one mustard seed's worth of faith and the explosive power of, just imagine a mustard seed, it's one millimeter by one millimeter, actually, the typical mustard seed. And if you heap them onto a teaspoon, you get 211 on a teaspoon. Isn't that right, Danielle? And uh, they pile up there. And you just got to be careful because if you drop them, they're hard to pick up off the floor. But they're small. Now, if I said to you, okay, we're going to pray and I want you to all come with faith, then some of you go, great, I've got a truckload of faith. Who's got a truckload of faith? Anybody? Give us a woohoo. Not, we're not confident. Uh, what if I said, well, then maybe just a carload of faith, a carload of faith. It's Alice Springs. What about like a four-wheel drive load of faith? Who's got that? What, 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 uh, what about like a hatchback of faith, like a Holden Barina worth of faith? The faith is worth more than the car in that case, isn't it? It's a <laughs> okay. Who, 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 what about the glove box of the Holden Barina? Got enough faith for that? What about the glove inside the glove box in the Holden, Holden Barina? Can you muster that much faith up in your soul? What about a cup in the cup holder of the Holden Barina? Can you get a cup of faith together? Well, here's the good news. If you can do any of the above, that's awesome. But I've found that many people, if they're honest, they're struggling to muster a truckload of faith and they're struggling to muster a carload of faith and, oh, they dream about a Holden Barina's hatchback full of faith. But most of us, we could do a cup of faith. Most of us could do half a cup. Who could muster up half a cup of faith? What about a quarter of a cup of faith? The same amount that you put in the washing machine when you do your whites. Hey, Danielle, I do my own whites at home. And I don't wear them because they go blue. Um, Listen, Jesus said a mustard seed. So take a teaspoon, divide it by 211. I reckon every one of us has about that much faith in the room. What do you think? Hey, so if you've got lots, we're glad and you should be glad. But if you don't have much, you don't need much. 
because the thing is, prayer is not about how good you are. It's not even about how well you pray. Jesus said it's not about how eloquent your prayers are. The pagans and the Gentiles and the Pharisees, they would pray really impressive prayers, hoping that the impressiveness of their prayers would twist God's arm and obligate God to do something for them. And Jesus says, that's not how it works. Because God is not a far off, nasty, mean God waiting for us to twist his arm or manipulate him or earn our way into his good graces so that he will answer our prayers. But Jesus said, he is a good, good father. And like a good father would give a good gift to their children if they ask him, then God will give you good things when you ask as well. And so we're here tonight to begin to pray together. And uh, you'll hear this word bandied about a lot tonight. It goes like this. Amen. Amen. You can say it the modern way. Amen. You can say it the traditional way. Amen. You can fist bump when you say it. Amen. You can hand of praise when you say it. Amen. You can say it contemplatively. Amen. All right. We don't care how you say it. We only care that you agree with us in prayer together, okay? So if you're in this room, here's the great thing. You don't have to be a great prayer. If you are a great prayer, pray good tonight, okay? If you're scared, maybe you're new at all this God stuff and you feel like you're at a dance with two left feet. We're especially glad that you're with us because it's a great opportunity for you to grow in your ability to pray and talk to God. And uh, we are going to pray together because God answers prayer. Who can give me a good amen? So listen, the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the Ephesian church and he said to them, after saying a whole bunch of stuff to them, if you've ever read the book of Ephesians, he wrote to them and he said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He's setting them up for some prayer. Who who, who are we strong in? Be, Be strong in yourself and in your mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. So here's the first thing that we need to know about prayer in our encounter nights. We're not doing it in our own strength. We are leaning into someone who is so much stronger than us. Someone who has so much more power than us. Sometimes people say, I'm not a good prayer. I feel like I don't pray with power. Well, the good news is it doesn't matter how much power you pray with. It only matters how much power Jesus has. And He's got lots when you have none. Who can say amen in the house? And so what we do... And I want you to feel the faith growing in your heart, okay? Because what we do is we pray trusting not in what we do, but in what Jesus has done. We pray when Jesus died on the cross, he uttered these amazing words, it is finished. So listen, when we pray, we're not praying for victory. We are praying from victory. Very important. It's all been done on the cross. Jesus has overcome all the powers of darkness. He's overcome all sin and death. And what we are doing as we pray is we are making our church gathering. We are making our lives the place where we stand in a gap. And here's the gap. The gap is the state of the world and the finished work of Jesus. And how many people look around our world? No, man, there's so many places you could look around our world and see. I don't see the finished work of Jesus manifesting in that place. Broken lives, broken hearts, broken families, broken bodies, broken minds, broken souls, broken systems, broken towns. And what do we do? Do we get despairing? Do we go and read the works of Friedrich Nietzsche and just get depressed and become nihilists and kill ourselves? No, we don't. We stand in between the finished work of Jesus because when we say yes to the gospel, we are joined to that finished work. And then on the other hand, we take the broken... This is why the world needs Christians. 
This is why we need you at prayer meetings. Because what we do is we, we, we take the finished work of Jesus in one hand and we take the brokenness of the world together. And in our prayer, we join it together. We stand in the gap. And you know what happens when you stand in the gap? You fill the gap. Do you know what happens when God's people fill the gap? There's no more gap. And then suddenly what that means is we become a vessel. We become a channel. We become a vehicle through which the power of God moves in people's lives. You know, if I was God, I wouldn't have done it this way. If I was God, I'd pick up the world and I'd go, and I'd fix everything like that. Wouldn't that be cool? You don't want me to be God, though, because there's also lots of problems with that, isn't there? If I was God, ask my family. They don't want a world where I'm God. But God's chosen to do a different way. Rather than just pick it up and... He's chosen to use his people to wage love and peace in this world. He's chosen to use his people to wage a war of love and peace. That's right. It's not a war of aggression. It's not a war of violence. It's not a war of hatred. It's not a war of self-righteousness. It is a war of a war of love and a war of peace. And you simply understand anywhere where we don't see the love and the peace, the shalom of God, that's somewhere that needs a Christian to begin to pray into it. Now, there's all sorts of other stuff we do. We serve, we act, we heal, we speak, we share, we preach. But tonight, we're going to pray. And we're particularly going to pray for this region. We're going to pray for the needs that are in this room. We're going to pray for the needs in our church. We're going to pray for the needs that are in our town. But listen, we do it from a position of the strength of Jesus and not ours. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, if you've ever looked around this world and thought, man, there is evil out there, you're not wrong. The Bible tells us, teaches us very clearly, evil has blueprints. Evil has schemes, schemes to kill, to destroy, to rob life from people, schemes to keep people and communities and nations blind to the gospel and in bondage and kill and destroy. And wherever you see destruction at work, you're seeing a scheme of evil in place. And you would think of all the things what could be done about that. But Jesus has mandated that his church has a job to do. And that is to make known to powers and principalities the glory and the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. That's what Paul says earlier in this letter. And so how do we do it? Well, we've got to make sure we're wearing the right stuff. Turn to the person next to you and say, have you got your armor on? Well, hopefully you haven't taken it off. Listen to how God's people overcome evil. We put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Say full armor of God. Now listen, armor is the word panoplia, panoplia in the Greek language that this was originally written in. And this is what it means. It does not mean a suit of defensive armor. It means a suit of armor. But in the Roman world, a suit of armor is not defensive. That is, it's not to protect me in case I get attacked. The word panoplia means weapon. So it's really saying, put on the weapons that God has given you. Now, if you understand the way they used to fight in these times, then you would understand every surface of the armor is not just a defensive surface, although it will protect you. It is also an offensive surface. You had forearm guards. And you know why you need forearm guards? Yes, to protect you if someone tries to cut you. But more importantly, so you can give the baddies a forearm in the face, okay? And every piece of the armor is offensive, not just defensive. And the picture here that Paul says to us, put on God's armor, take up the weapons against evil that God has provided, is not so you'll be protected when evil comes to attack you. This passage is not about you being protected when evil comes to attack you. 
This passage is about you going on the offensive and attacking the strongholds of the enemy. That's what he says. We are waging a war against them. They're not waging a war against us. So we're not on the defensive. Oh my gosh, the powers of darkness are coming against us. That's trashy talk. We're on the offensive. We tonight are here to wage love and peace in Jesus' name and see a breakthrough in our region. Who could say amen to that? And so we're going to pray, but we're going to pray like people waging a war on darkness. And listen to what Paul said. We don't fight flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting politicians. We're not fighting ethnic groups. We're fighting the powers of darkness that are behind a whole lot of destruction in this world. And most people are blind to it, but Bible people have their eyes open and the veil taken off. This is how the universe really works, folks. So wherever we are tonight, we're going to pray. Why? So that we can take a stand. He says, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's the truth of the gospel. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, we get that when we say yes to the gospel. With our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Listen, do you feel ready to, to, to fight a war? Does anyone not feel ready to fight a war? Well, I've got good news for you if you don't feel ready. Paul says the readiness comes from the gospel. The only training you need to be recruited to the army of God to do God's will is to say yes to the gospel. Here's your training course. Say yes to the gospel. Because he said, the thing that makes you stand firm, the thing that helps you fight hard without falling over, without slipping over, is the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Say yes to the gospel of Jesus. Now you're ready for battle. That's crazy, isn't it? It's the shortest training course ever. He says, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then listen to this. Why you have to do all this is so you can do the next bit. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. Pray only about the easy stuff. Pray only about like, you know, the things like, I don't know, like Pastor Ben's got a little bit of a limp and that's an easy one to pray for. Pray on how many occasions? All, no matter what's going on, we're going to pray. No matter what's going on, we're standing in our battle armor and we're battle ready and we are going to wage a war on the powers of darkness. Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. So that means don't fall asleep in a prayer meeting. Be alert. <laughs> pray. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right, so we're going to do some of that. But here's what we're going to do first. I want us just to maybe just sing maybe one bit of a chorusy bit thing over Sam. You know what I mean? We'll vibe it, Pastor Sam. And uh, what I want you to do is I just want you to help me for a second. Now, many of us, I know you might have had a big day. You might not have had your Gatorade or something like that. So sometimes we come into church and we're just a little bit passive and we stand and stare and, you know, maybe you're visiting and you're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit shy. But listen, we want to fight a war tonight because our region needs a breakthrough. You know that. If, you've, if you're even visiting, you've driven around this town, you would see we need a breakthrough in Alice Springs. At the nation of Australia needs a breakthrough. The nations of the earth need a breakthrough. And the problem is not with Jesus because he's finished his work. So as his church, we are invited to stand in the gap and stand between the finished work of Jesus and the dark issues that are in our world. And it's us that joins those two things together. That's why Paul said, we are ministers of reconciliation. We're the ones that are going to join it together. So it starts with our worship. I want you to join me. 
and I want to blow the roof off this place in praise and worship. And then when I get back up here next time, we're going to clap our hands like, by the way, the Bible says we should. The psalmist said, clap your hands, all you people. It doesn't say, clap your hands if you're in the front row. It says, clap your hands, all you people. Sing to God. Raise a shout, all you nations. So all of us are called to be biblical Christians that clap our hands, that raise our voices, and that, that, that raise a shout of victory. And that's important because did you know that the psalmist said that when we praise God, it says, you sit enthroned, O God, on the praises of your people. So when God's people praise Him, it's not just because it makes us feel good. It's not Christian karaoke. It's not just because, oh, well, it kind of like gets me in the mood. No, what we're doing is we are expanding God's kingdom when we praise Him. And that's why we need you to do it. One of the worst things you can do is to come in church and just stare. The only time that's acceptable is if you're not a Christian and you don't know what's going on. You're allowed to stare at us and hopefully by the end of the night, you'll kind of get a bit of a picture of what's going on, okay? And otherwise, just send us good vibes and, and agree with our prayers. But otherwise... If you know Jesus in this place, I'm calling you not to be passive. I'm calling you not just to stand and stare. I'm calling you to join us in battle. So I want to hear every voice raised. I want to hear, see people with their arms up worshiping Jesus. I want to see people clapping and shouting when I get back up next time because we need you to help us push God's kingdom forward. And we know something can happen in the spirit realm over this entire region tonight because of the prayers of God's people. Who can say amen to that? Jesus in the Gospels. He sent his disciples out to preach and they came back and they said, God, Jesus, it was amazing. And Jesus said, the words we sung before, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. How many people know our region needs evil to be cast down like lightning from heaven over this town, over all of the issues we face? And we're the ones who are going to begin to keep pushing it forward in Jesus' name. So Pastor Sam, would you please lead us? Church, would you please lead us? Better than you, there's nothing. Better Let's lift our voices. Let's put our hands together. Let me hear a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the holy. Come on, keep it going. Let's keep lifting up a shout of praise. I want you to push through. I want you to push through. Let's declare to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. He is Lord. He is the King of kings. He is the resurrected one. The Word of God says death could not hold him down and he is alive and he reigns he reigns over Alice Springs he 
reigns over the Northern Territory. He reigns over the nation of Australia. He reigns over planet Earth. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're amazing. You're amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven all over this place. Lift your hands. The Bible says the way we pray is we pray in the Spirit. What that means is that the energy source, the animating force for us is not something that comes out of our own emotions, out of our own thoughts. It's that we tap into the presence of God's Holy Spirit, who is always wanting to pour out to us. Always wanting. Jesus said, if you come to me and drink, then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so today, before we move on, I want to pray for people in this room that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of us are empty. Maybe some of us are dry. Maybe some of us sort of came feeling a little bit lost or a bit far away from God, a bit confused, struggling with the issues of life. Maybe some of us need healing in our body. Maybe some of us just need healing in our soul or our mind. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to pretend like you got it all together, my friend. No way. Actually, what the Christian gospel calls us to do is to fully look how our reality is in the face and then say, God, I'm not that great, but boy, you are. And I ask you, would you please send your Holy Spirit into my life to fill me up? Paul said to this church, the Ephesians, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. So wherever you are, I want you just to lift your hands. It's just a sign of surrender. It's a sign that says, God, I hold nothing back from you. God, I'm not resisting anything. I pray, would you give me your Holy Spirit? Because in a moment, we're going to pray, and we want to pray spirit prayers, not just mind and flesh prayers. And right now, what happens when you stand in this atmosphere is your soul, it's been doing it all night, whether you know it or not. Your soul has been drinking in the Holy Spirit. You've been getting filled up with the Holy Spirit. Worship in prayer is the best way to do it. It's been aware. God, thank you. Come into my life. And what I want you to do is I want you to get a little picture of yourself. Here you are, like a sponge, absorbing the presence of God, absorbing the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want you to do is just say, thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank God and ask Him, God, fill me up with your Spirit. God, I thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're filling up all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul. God, I, I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to you. Help me be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this place right now in Jesus' name. That not a single person here, Lord, who's hungering and thirsting for you would go away empty. Not a single person would leave this place without being aware of your presence and being aware of your nearness. Lord, I thank you for the grace of your Spirit hovering over every single life here in Jesus' name. Right now, you're moving. Right now, you're moving. Thank you, Father. Come on, just begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. It's a statement of faith. Jesus, thank you. You're filling my life. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, some of us, we've been facing battles in our minds. And what I want you to do, I want you to just put a hand on your head. Just put a hand on your head. Say, Jesus, fill my mind. Fill my mind right now. Just lay hands on yourself. Fortunately, unfortunately, we can't lay hands on you because of COVID-19. But God has no such restrictions. Lord, I thank you right now for everybody that is facing a battle in their mind, Lord. And even those who've been feeling condemnation, we release them from that condemnation tonight in Jesus' name. And now, Father, in Jesus' name, we take captive every thought in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority today, right now, over every mind, over thought processes, over mentation. We take authority over imagination today in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, that you are Lord over this brain. You are Lord 
over these emotions. You are Lord over these thoughts. And tonight we surrender to you. And for every person with a hand on their head right now, I thank you, Father, for the power of your Holy Spirit flowing through them, flowing into them to set them free and liberate them, God, to give them breakthrough in the name of Jesus, where the powers of darkness have been tormenting them with thoughts and temptation and discouragements and doubts and all sorts of off-track things that they don't want to be victim to. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind it up now in Jesus' name. I come against every thought in Jesus' name, every attitude in Jesus' name, every unwanted memory, every unwanted intruding temptation, every confusion, every division in Jesus' name. I take authority over depression. I take authority over grief. I take authority over loss and anger. I take authority over lust in Jesus' name. I take authority over addictions in Jesus' name. And I bind them up right now and cause them to submit to the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing your light of your freedom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray for the warmth and the goodness and the grace of God to flood people's lives right now under the sound of my voice. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you. Come on, let's just begin to thank God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You're in this place and you've been battling an illness in your body. What I want you to do is I want you to lay hands on yourself, okay? And none of us are watching you, so don't feel bad about it, all right? We're not judging. We're not criticizing. And if you've got illness in a spot you don't want to lay a hand on because it feels awkward, just lay a hand on your head or your tummy. That's okay too, all right? And you're laying hands on yourself because you're standing in for the rest of us. We would love to pray for you and lay our hands on you, but we can't touch. So uh, you're laying hands on yourself, okay? And the rest of you in the room, what I want you to do is begin to just pray right now. Let's begin to fill this place with prayers for healing right now. Many of you, God's going to put a particular condition in, on your mind right now while you're praying. And you just got to start, okay, God, I pray against that sickness in Jesus' name. I pray for healing for that sickness in Jesus' name. Just lift it up to heaven right now. Because you don't know who in this room may be suffering that affliction. And the Holy Spirit will be leading you just to pray a prayer that you need to pray. So come on, just begin to pray right now wherever you are. Father, I thank you right now that you're beginning to heal in this place. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're moving right now. You're healing sick bodies. You're healing sick bodies. You're, you're making whole minds that have problematic intruding issues, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now. Thank you right now. If you're laying hands on yourself, just relax. Don't like, don't pop a vein out of your forehead and you're not the little red engine doing, I think I can, I think. Just relax, okay? Because this is work God's doing. This is not work you're doing. So just lay a hand on yourself and relax. And relax, okay? In Jesus' name. Someone in this place believing God for healing from a, a tummy condition. I don't know if that's tummy ulcers, something irritable going on there. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You are moving right now and healing that, healing that body. You are restoring right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Someone here, you've had a diagnosis of a chemical issue in your brain leading to depression. And it is a, 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 a clinical and chemical pathology. 
And in Jesus' name we pray, Father, right now. Thank you that you are healing that right now, that you are beginning to move in that brain, you're beginning to move in that mind right now. Restore it to wholeness in Jesus' name, that every chemical level that needs to be operating for their to, for life to flourish is beginning to change right now in Jesus' name. From the synapses of the brain and all the regions of the brain, thank you right now that you're healing and that you're moving, Father. And we thank you for a full recovery in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just keep praying, people of God. Just keep praying. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good, Father. Thank you, Jesus. There's some, oh, maybe a couple of a couple of people listening now. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in the room. And you've been believing God for children. And it just hasn't happened right now. And uh, we're going to pray. I want you, people of God, if this is not your issue, I want you to join with me in faith for a breakthrough for those families right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, let's just begin to pray right now. Father, we thank you for healing. We thank you for healing. We thank you for fertility. We thank you for fruitfulness, Lord. In Jesus' name, for life, life, life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the testimonies we will hear of little babies born because you have done a miracle right now. So we call out on heaven in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, for your healing power. Lord, for your goodness. Lord, for your restoration. Do a miracle, we pray. We declare wholeness. We declare life in Jesus' name. We bless, we bless those families. We bless them with fruitfulness. We bless them with increase. We bless them with fertility tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're moving, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just keep praying. Keep praying. If, if God puts a prayer in your heart, you just begin to pray it. You, you don't know who needs it. Just pray it. Just pray it. Father, I thank you right now. Someone under the sound of my voice, oh, you're so discouraged with your battle against an addiction. You don't have to tell us who you are, but you know, maybe someone could help you. But listen, you can stay. We're not trying to embarrass you. If you're struggling with an addiction, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for freedom. We're going to pray for freedom. Addiction is a, is, is a stronghold over this part of the world. And there are many people who, they didn't even have addictions before, but they moved to this part of the world and they really began to give ground to something and it really got a hold over their lives. There's all sorts of sexual problems, alcohol, drugs, nicotine, all sorts of stuff. And, and, and listen, if you're here, we're not here to condemn you, but we want to stand with you and believe for freedom in the name of Jesus. So listen, if that's your problem, just, just quietly before God, go, God, that's me and I need healing right now. I need release right now. You don't have to tell us. We don't want the people around you, to, you know, to make it feel like you're, you're embarrassed. But we're going to pray and believe. So listen, if, if that's your issue, receive this prayer and agree with it. If that's not your issue and you're in this room, I want you to join me in prayer. And let's believe that the sword of the Spirit will liberate some people from some chains of bondage tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, just begin to breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's get ready to pray. Let's get ready to pray. Father, there are, I feel like there are three people under the sound of my voice and you've been turning to an addictive behavior for comfort because of grief that you feel for all ranges of things. But, but really the source of that addiction is not that you like the booze, not that you like the drug, not that you like the nicotine. Actually, it's because it comforts the pain that you are feeling and you use it to block out the pain. And I feel strongly like the Holy Spirit is saying there's three people who are, who are, are walking through that battle right now. And I want to stand with you, my friend, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now, we take authority. We take authority over this addiction. 
take authority over the powers of darkness that are causing you more grief by whispering memories into your heart, by exacerbating grief, by attacking you and afflicting you. And we bind them up right now in the name of Jesus, all the powers of darkness over this issue, the power of grief, the power of sexual abuse, the power of depression, the power of a broken heart. We come against it tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority over it. We command you, loose that person right now. Loose those people right now and let them go in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind up your power and we command you to flee from their presence right now. We declare the blood of Jesus over our brothers and our sisters tonight. We declare the blood of Jesus over their heart, over their mind, over their soul. And we thank you, Lord, that your goodness is moving to restore them where they're broken and heal them where they're hurting. And this addiction, we come against it in Jesus' name. This alcohol addiction, we rebuke it right now. Come on, I want you just to lift up your voices, church. Let's begin to rebuke the power of alcohol, not only over our church, but over Alice Springs, over Central Australia. There is so much damage from a spirit of alcoholism right now. Oh, in Jesus' name, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ and we declare a breakthrough from the spirit of addiction to alcohol in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the light of the gospel shining through and setting people free in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you're moving. Thank you that you're bringing freedom. Thank you that you're bringing relief. Thank you that you're filling up with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, give our friends the grace to turn to you and say, Holy Spirit, comfort me instead of turning to the addiction. Give them the fruit of the spirit of self-control, Father. Give them the liberty of the gospel, we pray in Jesus' name. keep praying, just keep praying. We're going to move on soon and pray for all sorts of other stuff. But right now, I just need you to keep praying. Keep praying with us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're moving in this place. Pray for this room. Pray for the people watching online and the people in this room right now. Let's just see who God wants to move, how God wants to move, what God wants to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, you're so good. And we're just basking in your presence. Come on, people of God, just bask in the presence of God. Pray like you do when you have a nice hot shower on a cold night. You just, you just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy God's presence together. You're so good. Just tell God how good he is. Father, we thank you. You're so good. Oh, you're wonderful. You're wonderful, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for moving in our lives. Thank you we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you we can be comforted. Thank you we can be healed. Thank you we can be made whole, Father. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're, uh, you're here listening to what I'm saying and you're a, you're a young woman. And you've asked this question. You've asked this question. Again, we don't want to embarrass you, so no one's trying to point you out. But if, this, if it's you, just do the business with God in your own heart. And if you want to talk to someone, you're welcome to. But our job is we're not here to condemn you or beat you or slap you. Listen to this. You're a young woman. And you've posed the question, God, am I going to have a full life? 
if I say no to that relationship opportunity? Am I going to have a full life if I say no to walking down that pathway? I feel like you've been at a crossroads and maybe you've had attention uh, from somebody. Maybe there's been romantic interests and it's been alluring to you uh, because you are wired for connection and you do want a partner and you'd love to get married and have family and all sorts of stuff. And But but you, you, you've got this opportunity that something in you, because you are a follower of Jesus, something in you is resonating. This is, this is not the pathway God wants for me. And you begin to have a suspicion. I don't know, maybe God doesn't want this for me. But at the same time, you're worried because if you say no to it, what's around the corner? You don't know. Am I going to be alone, God? Am I going to miss out on something? Am I going to have less of a full life by not taking this opportunity? And so you've prayed about this and you've voiced it to God and you've said, God, I, I don't want to miss out. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friend. First of all, gee, you made a good choice listening. That was the Holy Spirit in you, giving you a little whisper with discernment, telling you, oh, maybe don't go that way. And, and the fact that you even had that thought, it shows that God is moving in your life and you should just be happy. Happy that you're learning God's voice. Happy that you're beginning to grow in your walk with Him enough that you'll hear Him say sometimes what are very difficult things to hear when we don't get our way. So that's good. But listen, I feel God saying, if you've been asking that question, that this is what God's word is, you're not going to miss out. You're not going to miss out. I've got something better for you. I've got a full life for you. And my plan, keep saying yes to me. Keep following me. Keep walking in my way. And you will not look back and be disappointed. You will not look back and be in grief. Actually, you're going to find that my plan is the best plan and you should say yes to me. There's a narrow way God's calling you to, my dear sister. There's a narrow way. But on the other side of that gate is life in abundance. And you won't be sorry that you said yes to Jesus and no to something that is very understandable. It is tempting. It is alluring and good on you for hearing God and keep walking with Him. I want to encourage you tonight. There's someone else here and you found yourself saying these words recently. I, I feel like an orphan. I feel like an orphan. And your heart has been broken. You, you've felt abandoned by people and you've wondered, has God even abandoned me? You've felt alone and Maybe like you don't know where to turn to for comfort and help. I feel like you've had a conversation with a friend. I feel like an orphan. I feel like an orphan. If you haven't said it to a friend, boy, you've looked at the mirror and said it. And I sense the presence of the gracious Holy Spirit in this place saying, even, even if you feel like an orphan, you're not an orphan. Don't let those feelings define you. Don't let those feelings define your identity. You're not an orphan. You are a child of God. You have the spirit of adoption. You have a spirit that says, my dad is God. Jesus has made me a brother. Jesus has made me a sister. I am part of the family of faith. But if you're feeling like an orphan, listen, we're praying for you. We're praying that God would surround you with his love. Praying that God would surround you with people who are people of his love in Jesus' name. That you would know his warmth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. How good is God, hey? You sense the presence of God? 
Now, it's not because God has come and he wasn't here before, but what we do is when we pray and worship, we move closer to God. James says that when we move closer to God, he draws near to us. And so some of us, maybe for the first time in a long time, we're encountering, wow, that's the nearness of God in this prayer. And all sorts of cool stuff happens. Well, before we move on, we've got a bit of other stuff we're going to pray for. You doing okay? Gee, you're doing well. I'm so proud of you guys. Before we move on, we're going to celebrate communion together. And it's very important what we do. Why don't you take a seat, take a breather for a moment. It's very important what we do in communion because the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, whenever God's people break the bread and drink the fruit of the vine together, and what we're doing is corporately we are declaring the death of Jesus until he comes. We're declaring the gospel. And it's not, you know, because this morning I sat down in the front row when I had my communion and uh, Judy Kunz, she was up here leading us in communion. So I didn't even say anything. But here's the thing, just the fact that I ate the bread, just the fact that I drank the non-alcoholic grape juice, I made a declaration. I made a declaration. You know, this is what's important about corporate worship is we do it together. And when we do it together, we're saying something together. It's pretty cool, right? And uh, it's a sacrament. Theologically, a sacrament is, uh, this is its definition, that when a human does something, God comes with his power. And while we perform an action, God superimposes his presence over that action. And so the humanly performed action becomes a divinely performed action. It's pretty amazing. And one of the ones in the Christian church is communion, that when we break the, the, the bread together and when we drink the wine mindful of the death and resurrection of Jesus, a declaration is going out. And then what happens is that becomes a holy meal, becomes a sacred meal. And as we eat the bread and drink the wine, what we're really doing, we're feeding our souls on Jesus. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. That's why when Jesus poured it out, he said, this is my blood, take it and drink it. This is my body, it's broken for you, take it and eat it. He means as you participate in this sacred feast, you are feeding your souls. Pretty awesome, hey? So listen, if you didn't get a little communion pack when you came in, it'll be a cup and on the top there's a little communion wafer. Did you get one? If you didn't get one, shoot your hand up. Our team will make sure that we bring you one. Actually, I didn't get one. I forgot to get one when I came in. So we've got a few people here. Our team are going to come and hand them out. Now, as they do that, we've got an amazing cohort this year uh, that have joined us to serve and grow in ministry. Thank you, Nicholas Butter, you shampoo, hair, commercial, handsome man. Um, uh, they, that, that have joined our next level program, our folks, our cohort have joined us to grow and to serve and to minister. And tonight we are super blessed because the man who'll be getting married in two, maybe three weeks time, hey, look at that. You and your bride sitting over there loving Jesus, loving God, people in life together. And we've asked Cameron Wilson to lead us around communion. So would you ask, welcome Cameron as he comes. Before we take our communion, I just want to close our eyes and just pray to God. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you that we can come here today, that we can participate in this communion in remembrance. And Father, it's not just doing this as an act, but remembering you in our everyday lives, whether going to, before we go to sleep, when we wake up, when we drive to work, whether we have coffee with someone, that we remember your, your sacrifice, what you, yes, you suffered on the cross for us, but ultimately your love, your love that you 
shed to us. And I just pray tonight that, yeah, we use that love and we wage war, that war of love against the world tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take communion. like me and you're still working out how to open your communion, that's okay. You can open it and then um, you can eat the bread and let's drink the wine together. Hey. Close your eyes for a second. Just sit and, and bask in God's presence, hey? We just took the broken bread, the symbol of Jesus' body broken for us. We just drank the wine, the symbol of Jesus' blood poured out for us. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you called me home. I'm so grateful that 20 years ago you helped me say yes to the gospel. You poured your grace and your goodness over my life. And you set me free from all sorts of addictions and trauma and depression. Gave me a completely different future. Thank you. Come on, why don't you just begin to tell Jesus how grateful you are. Thank him. How grateful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful, God. We're grateful. Thank you. It's a joy to say yes to the gospel. It's a joy to walk in freedom, Father. It's a joy to walk in wholeness, Lord. And today, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. team going to collect these or do people just leave them maybe under their seat or on their seat or something so if you're wondering what to do with that you can just leave it down beside your seat and we'll uh, we'll collect them later on so if you remember to take it out to the rubbish later good on you if you don't we're not mad about it we're going to pray about a few areas okay we're not going to do a long time on every hour i mean on every issue because we're going to go for quality over quantity. Is that all right? And we're going to pray together. And all of us in this place are going to bomb heaven with prayers to see God's kingdom move forward. Is that okay? Can you still just keep a little bit of energy for the next few minutes while we're together? Our town, our region of the world has generations of brokenness, doesn't it? 
and there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And uh, right now, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on because of a court case that's coming up. It's been a very divisive issue in Alice Springs, very hurtful on all different sides of the discussion and a lot of people in pain. On top of that, there's just anger, there's alcohol-fueled violence, there's anger over grief and loss and sickness and death and all sorts of stuff going on. And that means that right now in our region, there's a lot of turmoil. And that turmoil is causing violence, it's causing crime, it's causing people to get injured, people to go to hospital, causing people to make big mistakes that they'll end up having a lifetime of um, you know, trauma or consequences for. And uh, you know, we're not here to beat anyone up, but we know the enemy is rubbing his hands together with glee because of the suffering and the death and the destruction in this part of the world. And I've got an inkling that you're like me and you think, man, the situation almost looks hopeless, but boy, together we can join our faith together and say, Jesus, would you let your kingdom come and your will be done in Alice Springs as it is in heaven in Jesus' name. So who could join me in prayer, just believing for peace? Dr. Jacob, would you please come and um, I want you to lead us in prayer over our region. And particularly, you know, we were talking last week about those issues, community violence and division, the court case that's coming up. Could you just pray for peace and for the peace of God in our region? Is that okay? Thank you. Shall we join together? Close your eyes and open your hands up to heaven. Because we are, this is an issue that doesn't have simple solutions. And if not for Christ and if not for his love, then there is nothing that can really bring healing into those rifts that are there in our community. Gracious Father, we are standing here believing, as we have done from the beginning of this evening, that you are a prayer-answering God and that you are a God who has all authority and control over everything that happens, not only in our lives but in the lives of all those around us and in this region and in this town and in surrounding communities, in fact, in this nation and the nations of the world. And so, Father, seated on your throne in heaven, and we know, Jesus, that you are interceding on our behalf. We come to you, Father, with a complete assurance that you are listening and answering. And, Father, we are committing our region into your hands. We're committing our brothers and sisters who live in this town and those who live in community. We're committing we're committing the hurt and the bitterness and the, and the strife that has gone on for all these years, Father. So many years, Father, there are people who carry, Lord, a lot of bitterness in their hearts. There's a lot of unresolved conflict and anger from things of the past. But, Father, we are praying that by the blood of Jesus, Father, by the forgiveness that comes through the, the working of your Spirit in our lives, that, Father, you will begin your work of healing and restoration. That the truth of what happens on the cross, of what happened on the cross, will begin to become reality in the lives of the people of our region, Father. That, Lord, the power of forgiveness will begin to flow in our communities, Father. In the hearts of every single man and woman and child, Father. That people will begin to have a healing, a healing balm being placed over their hearts, Father. A recognition that, Lord, that this we cannot continue carrying this bitterness. Because this bitterness continues to hurt us. Continues to hurt our families. Continues to hurt our communities, Father. And, Lord, we are praying that enough is enough. We are asking 
that, Lord, by the power of forgiveness that comes through the blood, that you will begin to restore, Father, restore relationships between husbands and wives. You will restore relationships between fathers and their children, mothers and their daughters, Father. Lord, we are praying that there will be restoration, Father, of relationships that have been broken. Father, we know that there are warring families in our communities who continue to carry and harbor bitterness, and it has never been resolved. But Lord, we are praying that, Lord, through the power of forgiveness, Lord, we will begin to see a resolution that will begin to move across our nation, across our community, Father. Right now, as we begin to pray, Father, Lord, you have called us, Lord, to call us, Father, to humble ourselves in your presence. You have called us, Lord, to say that, Lord, if we will, we will turn from our wicked ways, humble ourselves, you will answer, you will heal our land, you will bring about a healing that only you can do, Father. And so we are praying as we humble ourselves in your presence tonight, we, as we call out to you, that, Lord, this healing move of God will begin to move across this land, and we will see, we will see a healing as never before, Father. Every addiction, every, everything that has come out of those, those issues that have risen from the past. Father, everything that has caused families to be disrupted. Everything that has caused, Father, the relationships to be broken. Father, we declare that that is all healed in the name of Jesus right now. And so, Father, declaring the power of the blood of Jesus over this situation, over our communities. Father, we are trusting and believing. It is done in the name of Jesus, Father. It is done. We believe it and we accept it and we say thank you Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah you know there's there are so many people who harbor a witness in their heart that a revival is going to come to Australia that begins in the red center which is where we are um, and that's been prophesied by people for the last 50 years, maybe longer. Um, I reckon I get 50 calls a year with people saying, I've been praying and this is what God showed me. And I, can I tell you, I'm sick of that conversation because I want to see it happen. How about you? And, uh, you know, a lot of the time and historically, the people of God, if there's one thing you learn from the Old Testament, it's this, that the people of God have to get used to understanding that there'll be a generation that sows a seed and they may even not even see the harvest, but they've still got to sow the seed, that's for sure. And uh, Hebrews 11 tells us about these heroes of faith that they never fully saw what God wanted to do, but they were very crucial in making it happen in the first place. Abraham, he never saw the fullness of what God had. But boy, without Abraham, we wouldn't even be here today. And so we're going to pray for revival in our nation. Revival in it. We're going to pray that a great awakening would sweep across Australia. And, uh, you know, we're joining Christians all over the nation are praying like never before. There's more movement of prayer. There's more people believing. And uh, come on, don't we want it to start in Alice Springs? Don't I, I want to get to heaven and say, I was there. I was there. And we saw that happen. I, that, that was down the road from my house. My car was parked out the front when it broke out. What about you? You're not, you're not as excited about this. So you've had a little breather. I want you to stand on your feet if you can. And I, and I want you to join me in prayer, okay? If you're wondering what a revival is, not everybody knows that term. It's very jargon, Christianese, a special language that only church people talk. Um, revival is simply a supernatural moment in history 
where God moves so powerfully that He causes whole societies to turn to Him and churches get filled up. In fact, churches get started because there's never enough of them. Ministries grow. People, people will be walking down the street and they'll have a revelation of Jesus. People will be woken up and convicted during the night. I need God and wake up the next day and go and find God somewhere. There's all sorts of crazy stories throughout history. Stories of like a pub. The guy who ran the pub had a revelation of Jesus. He shut the pub down, turned it into a church. How about that? Didn't even suffer unemployment overnight. Wow, that's amazing. And all sorts of amazing things happen now. But, but those type of things, they're the type of thing that doesn't, the church can never program it. I, I think it's funny because all these churches everywhere are saying, oh, we're having a revival meeting. Well, there's not a revival in history that was programmed by a church, that's for sure. So all we can do is pray and believe. Maybe it's a really good idea to have a revival meeting and say, that's a step of faith for us. But come on, let's just pray, hey. Who'll join me in prayer right now? God Send revival to our land. God, send revival to Alice Springs. Let a mass awakening happen. Let every church in Alice Springs be filled to capacity with brand new people saying yes to Jesus. Come on, who can say amen to that prayer? Let, let the kingdom of God grow. Let healing go. Oh, Lord, let your righteousness and your justice flow like a river through Central Australia. Send a revival. Come on, lift up your voices. I don't want to do all the praying. Let me hear the people of God crying out to heaven. Lord, send a revival to our Springs. Send a revival to Australia. Start with us. Start with our household. Start with our hearts and minds right now in this room, Father. Send a revival. Lord, awaken our nation. Turn Australia's heart to you, Father. Let people know you're still alive, Jesus. You're still moving. You're still doing good. You're still moving in people's lives. You're still saving. You're still delivering. You're still healing. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit in an epic move of God. Lord, send a move of God, the greatest that history has ever seen. We pray for it in our generation. We pray for it that we would see it with our own eyes. Pour it out, Father. Pour it out, Father. Pour it out. Father, forgive us for the times where we've been complacent. Forgive us for the times where we just have other priorities instead of your kingdom. Forgive us when we've been distracted by all sorts of stuff, but give us a heart for you. God, turn our hearts to you. Turn the nation of Australia to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's begin to just lift up a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got some, uh, we've got some prayer request cards that, Danielle, I've just left them on that seat down there, if you could bring them. When you come into our services, if you're not in our services, you can make a comment on our YouTube channel. You're going to email us, prayer at desertlifechurch.org, or you can message us on Facebook. But if you're in person, you'll see these purple cards at every single one of our services where you can come in. You can fill out a prayer need. You can tick a box and let us know a praise report or request a visit, someone to get in touch with you. And uh, we're praying today because uh, Shelly Kopok is moving away. Shelly, we love you. Thank you for being part of our church. We're praying for Preston, who has been experiencing some uh, heart and lung discomfort and inflammation in the tissue around that. 
And uh, we pray for complete healing and a complete good outcome in Preston's life in Jesus' name. We're praying for Kiyama, who's in hospital right now with a, with a back issue. We're going to pray for Kiyama, for her to be healed in Jesus' name. And we're praying for Leanne that needs healing as well. Now, you may or may not know the people on these cards, but here's the good thing. God doesn't just know them. God knows how many hair is on their head. That's what Jesus said. He, he, he knows exactly. He's numbered them all. And uh, if you're like me, that's less and less every day. So God's job is getting easier. But God knows them. And now uh, how many people know that you and I, we can believe together for breakthrough in the lives of these people. And God will move in their lives because we join our faith, to, faith together and we pray. Even if you don't know them. Who'd be willing to pray for your brothers and sisters in the Lord in this room? What I want you to do is stretch your hands out towards these prayer cards, okay? It's just symbolic saying, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm logging on to this prayer. I'm stepping out in faith. Father, let me hear you pray, church. Come on, Father, in Jesus' name, every prayer request here for someone asking for healing, everyone needing restoration, everyone needing breakthrough, people resettling in other states and all sorts of stuff. Lord, we pray your blessing upon our friends. Pray that they'd know your comfort. Pray they'd know your breakthrough. Lord, we send forth your word tonight in Jesus' name and declare breakthrough for them, grace for them, healing for them, goodness for them. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're moving right now, Father. Your people believe you for it. Your word says the fervent and effectual prayer of the righteous avails much. And so tonight we declare it is finished over these prayer requests. We declare your goodness over them, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let me tell you something. You're praying real good tonight. Thank you. Makes a massive difference. We've got a couple of other areas we're going to pray. We're going to finish pretty soon. Thank you for doing so well. We've got a, another late entry. We're praying for Mary's brother, who is in uh, extreme pain and sickness. Pray that he turns to God and pray that he gets healed. Let's pray for this man, hey? Father, in Jesus' name, we lay a hold of the hem of your garment, Jesus, and ask you, would you please turn and heal this man's body? We declare right now healing over his life. Draw him by the power of your Holy Spirit to come to know you. We pray for Mary that you give her grace to reach out to him, to pray for him, to minister to her brother. In Jesus' name, we declare your goodness, Lord. We declare your goodness. Let a breakthrough happen in this man's life right now. In Jesus' name, thank you that you're moving. Let him know your goodness. Let him know the goodness of God in the land of the living, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to pray for two more areas. We want to pray for a very specific situation. As many of you know, our church has a huge heart for missions. We believe that just because we're in the outback of Central Australia doesn't mean we can't influence the world. And in fact, we are as a church. There are so many ways that we are making a difference right around the other side of the world. And we don't have a controversy in our church. Do we believe in local mission or global mission? We, we, we think this, whatever God likes, that's what we like. And God likes down the road and he likes around the world. And so we like down the road and around the world too. And so we believe in praying. We send people. We send resources. We devote energy and time. And I'm going to ask our missions director, Pastor Meredith Somerville, would you please come, Mez, and just lead us in prayer specifically for one particular situation that has come to our attention. Thank you, sister. 
Hey church, we're going to pray tonight uh, around the partners that we partner with in New Delhi in India. We as a church partner with an amazing organisation called Tejas Asia. And before we pray, I want to just take a couple of minutes to paint you a picture of who we're going to pray for. Because I know maybe many of you have been able to travel to India, but if you haven't, then sometimes it's hard to know who are you praying for, who, what are these people like? So I just want to tell you, Um, When we visited in March, the people we uh, get to partner with, Tejas and their team, they have a good between 20 and 30 workers full-time who work for them, um, who are Christians, who love Jesus, and have given up a lot of other jobs and roles so that they can serve the poor and the needy in a number of different slum areas. As a team, we were able to visit between seven and eight different slum areas. So I want you right now, before we pray, I want you to lend me your heart, but also your imagination. I want you to imagine us going into a slum community. If you haven't seen one of those before, you can imagine thousands of people in a very small area with very small houses made out of summer brick, summer tarp, summer materials that they find, all of them very small. And you'll find people there, people that aren't at work because they're unemployed, people who should be at school but are staying at home because they need to look after the family, people who are quite old and need to be in hospital but don't have access to a hospital to go to. And so you'll find a lot of people in these communities. We found people in these communities who were hopeless, who had despair, who were sad, who didn't know what options they had. And so as a team, we were able to go into these different families' houses, visit different children who were getting educated because of Tejas Asia Asia team. And we were able to talk and see the work that Tejas Asia did. They would go into homes and they would pray. They would go in and talk with different people who did need healing and did need help and would do what they could to bring hope into hopeless situations. And so tonight, I want us to pray for two different areas in this sort of space. The first one is I want us to pray for the people in these slum communities um, because there are thousands of people right now, particularly because of COVID, who have found themselves in more dire strait than what they were when we went in March. And so we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for employment. We're going to pray for hope. We're going to pray for change in their situation. And you know, if you lose a job here in Alice, I'm so grateful that we have things in place that allow us to not go hungry that evening. But a lot of people in the communities that we partner with as a church in New Delhi, if you don't receive that $1, $2 a day that you usually earn, you don't have the food to feed your family that night. And so we're going to pray that those families get that $1, get that $2 that they need to be able to support their family. Is that okay? And then after that, I want us to pray for the team, the Tejas team. You've got to imagine Marlo and Cheryl are an amazing partner. They're amazing pastors and they're leading a team of great young people who are educated and who could be doing a number of other things, but they're taking a very small stipend or volunteering to do the be Jesus hands and feet in these different communities. And so we had a prayer request come through. Please pray for our team that we can continue the work 
um, and not get tired in this season. So we're going to pray for them. And they also asked us to pray as a church that financially they can continue to do the support and the work that they're doing to support these families. And so I want to tell you in response to that, we have been able to send $10,000 across for them to be able to continue that work. So thank you. So thank you so much for your giving as you give to Mission. That's what allows us to partner with them, not only in prayer, which we're about to do now, but also with the physical money that they need to be able to feed people. So right now, I want you to imagine what maybe it's the children, maybe it's the mums, maybe it's the dads, the grandparents, whoever you want to pray for right now. Maybe it's the Tejas workers. I want us all to pray. Don't just wait for me, but let's pray. Let's lend our hearts and our emotions to these amazing people in New Delhi. Come on. God, I want to thank you for the different people that we as a church are partnered with, God. I thank you for the amazing Tejas workers who are working so hard to be your hands and feet, God, to be your light. Jesus, to be the light that you are in people's worlds, that you can be introduced to different people and know that they are loved and they are cared for and they are seen and they are known by you, God. I thank you for these amazing men and women working for you so that people will know that you are light and you are love. And God, I pray you strengthen them. I pray you support them. I pray you encourage them. I pray you strengthen them through your word and by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you encourage them and that they will be a team in unity, that they will work together in joy and that even by surrounded with different worries and concerns, they will be um, they will stand strong in joy and in light and in love because they are supported and strengthened by you, God. I thank you for them and God for the different people that they are visiting and that they are supporting in these slum communities. God, you see each and every one of them. You see every grandma, every child, every mother, every dad, every employed man and every unemployed woman. God, you see each and every person and you love them and you have a plan and a purpose for them. And God, I pray that you will bring our team, our Tejas team, in with each and every one of these individuals, that they will be introduced to you, Jesus, that they will know you and that they will be seen by you and know that you are loved, that they are loved by you, God. I pray for healing for those that need healing. I pray for jobs for those that need jobs. I pray for reconciliation with families for those that need reconciliation, God. For every single need, you see it, God, and we pray that you will intervene in their lives. I thank you so much, God, for Marlo and Cheryl Phillip, who are leading this amazing team in these areas, being your hands and feet. And I pray you bless them, bless them ab abundantly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church. How cool is that, hey? Uh, praise God for the generosity of the awesome folks of Desert Life Church, which means when we get a letter saying, hey, we need $10,000, pray, we can say, well, we will pray, but we're also sending our dollar signs prayers as well. And, uh, you know, uh, how many times do you know as a church, we pray a prayer on our knees, we get off our knees, we become the answers to those prayers. And so right now what we're going to pray is we're going to pray for Desert Life Church. We're not praying that our church grows. We're not praying that we'll be a better type of Starbucks church. We're praying that Jesus would use us 
Like he is all the great churches in Alice Springs. We have excellent relationships with all the other churches in Alice Springs. We meet with them at least on a monthly basis, all the other pastors and ministry teams and encourage each other, pray together. Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff, stuff happened. Last year, you guys were so generous in mission that we had leftover mission money. And we went to all of the Christian ministries and churches in Alice Springs and said, you tell us what you need and we'll give you some money. How about that? It's pretty cool because you guys were so generous that we didn't have enough to contain it. So to pour it out to the other churches in Alice Springs. Pretty cool, hey? And um, yeah, some of them came back with good ideas, some with really terrible ideas. So keep praying, keep praying. And, uh, but we're praying. You know, we, there's many great churches, but this is mine. <laughs> and I, I want the church I'm part of to be used by God to see people come to salvation. You know, since COVID-19 restrictions uh, relaxed a little bit to allow us to have on-site gatherings, we've seen a number of amazing salvations since we've been. I talked to someone this week and last week I got the joy of preaching and at the end I prayed for those who want to say yes to Jesus for the first time. And this individual put their hand up and said, yeah, pray for me, I want to say yes to Jesus. So I had a little chat with them during the week this week and this is what I didn't know. They came to our church eight years ago and guess what? They hated it. They hated it. They hated church. They hated the music. They hated the prayer. They hated the preaching. They hated the preacher. And they, they hated everything about church life. Something in them just negatively reacted. They said, it made me sick coming to your church. And I walked out eight years ago and I said, I will never come back ever again. By the way, it's, it's not like we necessarily did something wrong. We might have, but we didn't try. Um, I wasn't here then. So don't blame me, guys. Don't blame me, okay? No, uh, and, and they knew something in them reacted and they carried a darkness in there. This is their words. They carried a darkness in their heart for months afterwards towards our church. Something just, they didn't like it. Something in them didn't like it. Well, COVID-19 really rattled their cage a lot. They lost their business, lost their employment, lost some key relationships, lost the ability to travel around the world and all sorts of things. And it shook them to the core because they were so dependent on that other God, the dollar sign. And it rattled them. It broke every foundation in their life. And they began to come to church. And last week, they said yes to the gospel. And when I was talking to him, he was saying, man, Pastor Ben, I, I feel so bad that I didn't say yes to Jesus eight years ago. And I said, well, we don't want to say I told you so, but we did tell you, buddy. You know, like just, yeah. Um, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool to see a move of God in Alice Springs where in our church, we just can't contain all the people that are getting saved and uh, that, that, that we just see dramatic turnarounds, that people who are going that way go that way towards Jesus. What do you reckon? Can we pray about that? Let's believe, hey, for a wave of souls. Now, I know some people that have grown up in faith, and so it's difficult to, for them to imagine, like, how bad is life without Jesus? Like, my kids have grown up in a Christian house with a crazy father. They know they need God to save them. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, but they haven't really lived without Jesus. So it's sometimes we have these chats at home. It's sometimes difficult for my lovely little ladies to imagine what it's like to live without Jesus. They get a bit of a picture when I go away every now and then, you know, and the hell godliness of the house drops a little bit because their mum's in charge. But in reality, <laughs> it's not true. It probably goes up, actually. Uh, but, but, but in reality, so maybe you're in the room and sometimes I just want to remind you if, you, if you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, I want you to remember. Remember what it was like when you didn't have Jesus? Now, if you've always had Jesus, I prefer that story. 
I prefer that you didn't walk away. I prefer you didn't go and get broken by the world. I prefer that you got saved so young you barely remember when it happened because you've just walked with Jesus. That is a great testimony. That is a testimony that is not honored enough in the modern world. People staying faithful to Jesus, dodging all the bullets that the enemy wants to fire at you to move you away from Jesus. Listen, you don't need to have a testimony that you became a prostitute or a hell's angel bikey, okay? Or vice versa. Um, you, you stay walking with Jesus. Pastor Sam's been walking with Jesus for a long, long time. Remember when you were younger and you gave your life to Jesus, Pastor Sam, as a teenager? And look at you now as a young adult leading worship like a country rock star um, and uh, pastoring people, doing a tremendous leadership job, one of our great preachers in our church. And how great are you? You didn't have to go away and get a testimony that you're a bikey. You wouldn't really look good with a spider's web tattooed on your face anyway. Peter, what about you? You've been walking with Jesus for a long time, hey? You gave your life to Jesus in the car. Is this right? Were you 12? You were five. I always exaggerate. I always exaggerate. She was five years old and been walking with Jesus ever since. Her parents are pastoring a church in Catherine, used to pastor here in Alice Springs. Been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you're a ministry powerhouse, sister. And how great is it when people follow Jesus? So listen. Don't get discouraged if you've been following me. There's nothing boring about wholeness, let me tell you. Let me, Danielle and I talk about this all the time. If we can ever put on, fill a staff vacancy with someone who's grown up as a Christian, we just feel like they always bring 20 years more training to the kingdom of God than what we've had. You know, I'm 43. How old are you, Pastor Sam? You're 24. Imagine if I was as sane as what you are when I was 24. I'd be so much further ahead by now. I'd be so better at everything. So I'm expecting you to eclipse me when you become old and, and park your walking frame near mine, okay? Um, there's nothing bad about it. But we're going to pray for, I feel like that's a bit of a word from God for someone who's actually been battling with their, with their story, you know? So think about it in Jesus' name. We're going to pray for souls in Alice Springs and a couple of, couple of other things. But will you join me in praying, God? Let people find Jesus all over our town, in every church, not just ours. Every church, every style of church, give them souls. Father, in the name of Jesus, pour out a wave of people turning to Christ in Alice Springs, people coming back, people giving church a second go, people returning to faith that have backslidden, people who've never said yes to the gospel before, saying yes to Jesus, Father. We pray that you would draw, anoint every church to attract people that connect with their style of church. Father, send people to churches. Lord, we pray all over Alice Springs this week, people would wake up in the middle of the night suddenly hungry for God, suddenly knowing that there's something missing in their life and that it might be Jesus. We pray the Christian in Alice Springs will be great witnesses and great testimonies and good at inviting people to hear the gospel, good at inviting people to come to church, anoint them with grace. Give your people a good testimony in this town, Father. And Lord, give us lots of new Christians. Lord, give us lots of those new baby Christians saying yes to Jesus. Give us anointed preachers that know how to, how to lead people. Give us anointed prayer warriors. Give us anointed disciple makers, anointed testimonials, anointed follow-up people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, yeah, amen. All right, we're going to finish, we're going to finish, but there's two more things I want to pray for, okay? I can't shake the unshakable conviction that we need to pray for young adult people who have been hurt by relationships in the church or maybe leaders or something's going on. Maybe their parents had a bad experience and they sat on and watched. And I just can't shake. It's been in my soul just sitting here all night and I've been like, oh, I'll just move on, but it won't move, so I'm going to pray. Can you join me in prayer? All over Alice Springs, 
What's really sad is that young people, people who are in the prime of navigating their future, maybe you're one of them in the church and we don't know yet, but, uh, but people who really harbor hurt and pain in their heart because of experiences in the church. And that's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. I've never had a bad church experience. My kids haven't either, so we, 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 we've, we haven't had that. But uh, I've, I've been a youth pastor, and man, the amount of young people I've sat with that said, I swear I'll never go back to a church ever again. And so uh, let's pray, hey, for a wave of grace in our church, especially to connect and to love and to receive and to absorb those who've had their feelings hurt, those who've had their soul crushed, those who've been injured by something that's happened and come on can we believe that our house can be a house of healing that our church can be a house of hope where people come in they're just drawn by our warmth and our love and our grace and their parents whose hearts are breaking because their kids are away from god can see the joy of them finding wholeness in god again and finding jesus again who'll agree with me in prayer for that yeah and listen let's not frown at those kids and let's not beat them up and condemn them let's make sure that they understand we want to love them you know, whatever faults we have as a church, we don't want to be the church that pushes them out of the kingdom of God, do we? We want to love them. We want to walk with them. Come on, let's, let's pray. Just, just cover our church in prayer, friends. Father, we pray. We pray for prodigal children all over Alice, Lord. For lost little sheep, Lord. People who've had their feelings hurt. Maybe they've even had it happen in our church, Father. And Lord, we pray for them. We pray you'd call them home. We pray they'd find a place in the family. We pray that you would open our hearts to receive them, to embrace them, to love them. We pray that they this would be a place of homecoming for them, God. That this place they would feel loved, that they would feel accepted, that they would feel welcome, that they would not feel criticized or judged. We pray this would be a place they can drop the baggage, drop a fence. Lord, that you could heal their hurts. Use us to do it. Use us to heal their hurts. Use us to love them. Use us to reach out to them, Father. We pray, Lord, make our church the place you send the broken. Make our church the place you send those who are hurting. Make our church the place that someone who needs healing comes, Father. We ask in Jesus' name, pour out your Spirit on us and through us, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't let us be the roadblock, God. Don't let us be the ones in the way of your plan. Don't let us be the hurdle, Father. Help us be wise, gracious, and loving, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, now we can finish. Now I have peace that we're done. We love you. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to finish with a song. We're going to head out. You're welcome to, you're welcome to stick around and chat, say good day to a friend. But please just remember there is physical distancing rules and we don't want to get you in trouble. So just like stay back in a friendly way. God bless you. We'll sing. Thank you, Ben.